We are approaching the High Holy Days. What's on the rabbi's mind tonight is question of forgiveness, which is one of the major themes of the High Holy Days. So someone told me the other day uh, that they heard about a famous conversation between two Israelis where one said, how are you? And the other answered, in one word, good. In two words, not good. <laughs> sounded like a good Jewish answer. In one word, good. In two words, you're going to push, not good. I actually think of that conversation when I think about the challenge of forgiveness. In one word, good. Both to forgive and to be forgiven in two words, not good when you obsess about it. If I forgive this person, does that mean I'm condoning what he or she did to me? So I can't do that, so I'm never going to forgive somebody. Because I don't want them to win in this disagreement, this argument, this upset, whatever it is. But you see, forgiving isn't forgetting. It's letting go. It's letting go of pain. It's letting go of the trauma. It's letting go of what is holding you back and allowing yourself to move forward in life. Holding on to anger and resentment in the famous image is like clutching a hot coal tightly in your hand. The hot coal may be your burning desire for anger or your burning resentment against another person for something that was said or something that was done that hurt your feelings, but think about it. If you're the one clutching the hot coal in your hand, no matter how, who put it there, and no matter what they did, who's the one getting burned? Obviously you. You, of course. So what really is forgiveness in the first place? Forgiveness is an internal process. It's not an external gift that you give to someone else. It's an internal process that you give to yourself, not something that you give to another. That's such a crucial distinction because it runs totally counter to how most people think about the act of forgiveness. I'm forgiving you. I'm giving you this gift of my forgiveness as if it's something that is something physical here, a gift I'm giving to another rather than it's literally the gift of well-being and peace of mind that you're giving to yourself. The gift of forgiveness is the resulting feeling of well-being and wholeness and freedom and acceptance that you experience when you forgive. In a sense, I believe that each of us has a moral right to let go of past hurts, to free ourselves from essentially dragging through the rest of our lives those hurts and insults and digs and pains and sadnesses and losses of the past. Because when we let go, we are letting go not of the memory of the experiences, but of the intense emotions attached to them. Whether it's the anger or whether it's fear or whether it's bitterness or whether it's resentment or brokenness, releasing the hold that the past has over us in order to be free to determine our present and therefore create our future. That's what forgiveness is all about. It's choosing not to need those resentments, not to need the hatred, 
not to need the self-pity in order to feel justified for our own failings or our own mistakes. When we forgive, we no longer spend our time fantasizing about punishing those who hurt us, but getting even with them or showing them who we really are, evening the score, recognizing that nothing we do to punish them will heal us, for only we can heal ourselves. It's, in a way, simply deciding that we have better things to do with our own lives and a better use of our time and our energy and our souls and our spirits that to continue to give all of them over to someone else and to allow someone who has hurt us in the past to have that much power, frankly, over our present and over our future. The famous uh, psychologist Eric Erickson talks about ego integration and says that it's the acceptance of what is in life. That's ego integration, accepting what is in life, an experience that accepts the order of life and that what happened is okay just the way it was because, frankly, it was a prelude to being who we are today. All of the stuff that happened in our past, the ups and the downs, the traumas and the trials and the tribulations and the upsets were what led us to be who we are today. So the key is to like who you are today and therefore be able to integrate all that went into your past and say, whatever that was, it helped me be who I am this moment. It's like Joseph, the famous story in the Torah that everybody who reads the Torah knows about. Joseph, the guy whose brothers threw him into the pit and then sold him into slavery and he ended up in prison and, you know, on and on. And, of course, went from the depths of that hole that they threw him into and the depths of prison to ultimately being, you know, the most powerful guy in all of Egypt. Pretty good rise to fame, I would say. And then ultimately he was reunited with his brothers, having all the power in his hands. And of course in the story, the brothers are terrified. Why wouldn't they be? They remember what they did to Joseph. They were going to kill him. And then they said, okay, let's just sell him into slavery. And here they are, confronted with ultimately Joseph, the man of power. But what does Joseph do in the story? How does he use his power? What does he do with it? This is now an audience participation act. What does he do? He forgives them, thank you. He forgives them. And really, to the end of their lives, they don't really trust that he forgives them. They carry it with them. He's let it go. They carry it around. He forgives them. They go, could it really be true? How can he forgive us? Look what we did to him. He says to them in one of the most famous, powerful, I think, intellectual and emotional and psychological phrases in the Torah, he says to them, look, you intended me for good, but God intended it, you intended me, excuse me, for harm, God intended it for good. He did exactly what I say we have to do. It's 2020 hindsight. You look around and you go, oh, thank God you threw me in that pit. If you hadn't thrown me in that pit, how would I be in charge of all of Egypt now? How would I be in the position to save your lives and all of our lives? Never would have happened if you hadn't thrown me in that pit. Yes, I knew at the time you thought this and you thought that and your intentions were this. But I can now, from where I am, look at my life and say, Dayenu. It was something that led to me being who I am today. My character developed because of all the difficulties of my life. 
that led me to this moment. Meaning in life can only be gained by accepting the things over which we have no control and being at peace with them. One of the keys to mastering life is to recognize, as the Talmud teaches when it asks, Ezuhu Ashir, Asameach Bechalko, it answers, who is rich, the one who is satisfied with what you have, who celebrates who you are. Life in its meaning comes not from external sources, but from obviously our own inner struggles with life's purpose and value. And the acceptance that it is what it is, and what it is is okay, because attitude is everything. The book of Proverbs says, one who forgives an insult fosters friendship, but one who dwells on disputes will alienate a friend, obviously. As we approach this most sacred season of the Jewish year, we know that forgiveness is one of the greatest spiritual gifts we can give to ourselves this year and any year. And what if it is you who have wronged another? Our tradition teaches us, of course, that sins against fellow human beings can only be resolved by asking forgiveness from the ones we hurt. According to the Mishnah, sins committed by human beings against God are atoned for on the Day of Atonement, but sins committed by human beings against other human beings cannot be atoned for on the Day of Atonement unless we ask our neighbor for forgiveness. This is the season to start thinking about who we've hurt, the things that we've done. It's why we stand collectively on Yom Kippur and we say, we go for the sins which we've committed knowingly and unknowingly. Because we all recognize that we hurt other people's feelings by accident as well as on purpose. That we say things not knowing that what they do is end up insulting or hurting someone's feelings. That we look past them as we say hello to the person next to them. I do it all the time. <laughs> Constantly. And when I'm lucky, someone points it out. What am I, chopped liver? You said hello to this person. And I get so focused on someone, I don't even see the person next to them. Do I insult that person on purpose? Never. But it happens. This is the time to hold up the moral mirror and say I'm sorry. So I'm sorry to everybody to who I've done that. <laughs> tonight and every night. What if we ask forgiveness and are rebuffed, asks our tradition. Moses Maimonides says, you're supposed to ask three times for forgiveness for those people you've hurt. And if they refuse, after that, there's nothing else you can do, and the sin is transferred to them. It's now their sin. They are now sinning against you by not forgiving you because forgiveness, giving forgiveness, is a mitzvah in life. Asking is a mitzvah, and giving is a mitzvah as well. So this year, when you come to services, which I'm sure you're all going to do, over the High Holy Days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, allow yourself the gift of forgiveness, the blessing of letting go. Listen as you hear the cantor sing, as you hear the rabbi speak and read with the congregation these powerful words which we say over and over and over again throughout the High Holy Days, for all these things, God of forgiveness, forgive us, pardon us, and help us atone.
May we all find forgiveness and seek forgiveness in the year ahead. Amen. Amen.